Oh, live from New York, it's the show that's no longer tanking for Wembanyama. It's first things first on today's show. The Jazz put up 139 points in dispatch of the Lakers, including that big dunk by Clutch Client. THT is trading AD the only answer. Meanwhile, Brady says he watches the Patriots every week. Hmm. Why a reunion? Bill Belichick isn't out of the question. And finally, oh, it's the debut of the hottest segment in all of sports. Nick's MVP pyramid, and the P stands for pyramid. I don't know. I don't know. Most valuable player pyramid. I know, but I was trying to switch it, it well, up a little bit. Tried that in the rehearsals, I've seen the pyramid. Do you like Future? it? P stands for putrid. Oh, oh my, my God. goodness! It was Great. bad. It was bad. Well, I mean, it's coming up. It was like one right. One thing was right. <laughs> That's it. I like that. Uh, we start <laughs> wow. with a new star in Dallas? Question mark. Jerry Jones came out this morning and put the full court press on his courtship of OBJ. Take a listen. Odell is someone that. Uh, uh, we have all the appreciation in the world for what he is as a competitor. And uh, know that the Cowboy star on that uh, helmet, when he puts it on, uh, uh, could look pretty good. Just for the record, it looks good on everybody. Like, it would look good on me, too. Great uniform. Oh, yeah. I will say that. Uh, what is your reaction, OBJ, to the Cowboys? Oh, I think it absolutely could work. I, I want to describe a team for you, all Ooh, right? Okay. Dominant defense with a defensive player of the year caliber front seven guy and some uh, an all-pro caliber corner. Head coach that has been to a Super Bowl but not necessarily considered proven at the time. And a quarterback with a lot of gaudy numbers but no postseason success. That describes this year's Cowboys. Mm-hmm. It also describes last year's Rams. So why could Odell Beckham Jr. not do for the Cowboys what he did for the Rams? Be one final piece to a team that has a Super Bowl caliber defense with a good, but I would say unproven quarterback. I think that's fair to put Dak and Prescott and Matt Stafford circa last year in the same category. Stafford then jumped ahead of him and now is going backwards. Stafford's, you know, (laughs) in a weird career trajectory. And listen, the Cowboys don't have a Cooper Cup. But what they do have in C.D. Lamb and in Gallup is a couple other receivers that kind of combine for a Cooper Cup. And then you have Odell as a clear third option. You would see what Noah Brown is when he comes back from injury. I think it makes a ton of sense. I think emotionally there are teams like a team like the Giants that I'd like to see him with. And really? Yeah, well, emotionally I like it. I like Odell going back there and when they're having a fun season. I think as far as desperately need him – a team like the Ravens with the Bateman injury, they need him more. But I think as far as could he be the final piece, would it work? Would he not be a real distraction, if you will, because the Cowboys are always swirling in the news whether Odell's there or not? I think it makes a ton of sense, and I think it. You know, we've seen the model for it last year with the Rams. I love it. Um, I, I think Dak, if we're talking about Stafford in Detroit, I think Dak's viewed a little better than he was. I think. Okay. And, and then I'm surprised – that you're putting Mike McCarthy in the same grouping with well, Sean McVay. I've, I'm listen. That that's a bit of a compliment to McCarthy. Also, he had yeah. won a Super Bowl. Okay. McVay hadn't. Also, I'm not quite as hot on McVay as everyone else. Uh, I think McVay is a good. I know coach, you, you but like Brandon Staley coach. and all that. Yeah, yeah. I do like okay. Brandon. Staley. Right. I do actually. I do <laughs> better than McVay. But here, look. I think this, Nick, of all the top contenders, Buffalo, Kansas City, mm-hmm. Miami. Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas. 
I think the Cowboys need him more than any of those teams. Now, you're right. If we throw Baltimore and Tampa in there, then you would say, okay, they may need him as much. I think Tampa's got plenty of receivers. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I, don't I think, think they can use sure. – Right. They might not – they don't need him as much as Baltimore. Maybe not as much as Dallas. But the bottom line is those three teams, I think, need him. But Dallas, here's what I love about it, because we've had receivers come on here, ex-receivers, right, come on the show and say, yeah, you don't want to send OBJ somewhere where he's going to be the number one option mm-hmm. after a second sure. ACL, so and so Okay, cool. He's not the number one option nope. in Dallas. You got CeeDee Lamb. And for a while, at least, he wouldn't be number two because Gallup, maybe Noah Brown. Like, sure. he'll, he would probably pass them eventually, those two, Gallup and Brown. I don't know if he'd pass Gallup He might not. Year, That's fair. But That's I also fair. think number three doesn't mean you get the third most targets. You know what I mean? I think he can be in the slot. I think he could have the second most impact even if he is, by right. a usage rate and a snap count, their number three receiver. Right. That makes sense. And now what you forgot to mention is the great run game, which would help them as well. So I, I think he gets – like Dallas needs him the most of the yep. top contenders – and it's got the biggest upside for him to go and prove his value. Look, he'd like to win a Super Bowl. Obviously, it'd be great to see him win another one. But he's got his ring. Receivers aren't judged by Super yep. Bowls like quarterbacks. His main thing is pr- prove my value individually. And, yeah, do it in the playoffs. So I think Dallas is the best place for him to go. So he told Complex Sports that he wanted – to sort of be somewhere a little bit long-term. Yeah. He was done with the rock and roll lifestyle, as he said. He wanted to, like, buy a home and really settle down. And he was talking about Green Bay. He was talking about the Giants. He was talking about Dallas. Knowing that he wants to settle down, and I was big on the Giants, I started to kind of fall in love with the Dallas idea and having, like, a Dion trajectory, maybe, that you think Dion, okay, Dion is a Falcon. Like, I don't know. Dion played 63 games for the Cowboys, 70 games for Atlanta. I kind of, when I close my eyes, I see a lot of Dion in Dallas stuff. I, I think of him more as a Cowboy. You do? Because yeah. he won. That's where so he do you feel like this is – it feels like Odell's career, he's on the back nine of his career. But maybe if you suit oh. up for the Cowboys – No, I think he's definitely on the back nine of his career. But he's also famous again. I, like I, I don't famous? think Green Bay's on the board anymore. I agree. Oh, I think son. the team's yeah, terrible. And if he's talking about wanting to settle down, I – listen – I'm not as tight as with Odell as I once was, but I still know him pretty well. And I don't think he wants to settle down in Green Bay, and I don't think his lovely family wants to settle down in Green Bay either. So I, I, I and to let's me, face it too, he's not. Is he getting a multi-year deal? Well, I'm no, but I, I think his idea deal. is go somewhere at the wherever I go this year, play well enough that I then right. get an extension. Dallas has missed Amari Cooper, and when it comes to the Odell legacy, might be the wrong word, but the career arc, if you will. Sure. Odell came into the league with Hall of Fame talent. Right. His opening three years of his career, only Randy Moss really you know, outshines him in that. Then injuries, bad quarterback play, maybe some bad decisions by Odell, put it on a different track. If he goes somewhere this year and for the second straight year joins a team midseason and they get to and win the Super Bowl, then all of a sudden you start looking at it a little differently. You're like, okay, you're right, wide receivers aren't judged by rings, but... If a guy goes to the Rams and is there's one of their best players for the playoff run, helps them win a Super Bowl, and then the Dallas team that, again, we're talking about the best-case scenario, right, hasn't been to a conference championship game in a quarter century and helps them get over the hump, 
And so you have the winning, the amazing numbers early in his career. Yeah, he it just Hall starts. I, no. The Hall of Fame is, is too high of a bar in the NFL. But it'd be a very one-of-one one career story, which I think kind of fits. Who He's been a one-of-one one player. And if he were to win another ring joining if a team midseason, that game, yeah, that would be, playoffs, it, it, it would be a very yeah. you know unique NFL history. It'd be great. I'd love to see it. I All think right. that's the team I want him in. Okay, good. Dallas. Decided. There we go. Oh, Dallas. Okay. There Odell. We go. Uh, head out to Utah, where the surging Jazz mopped the floor with the Lakers. Now, to be fair, the Lakers were missing their superstar leader as Pat Bev was sick. Oh, go to hell. <laughs> so, that was too much. So, I know. But so was your comment. It wasn't Le- just the Bev joke. It's LeBron I, wasn't there. LeBron was, also had a foot so, injury. Yeah. It's in the script. I, it, you know what? I almost regretted the go to hell, but now I, I want to double down. Here's Darvin. And also, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to always be like this. We're going to turn the corner. I didn't come here to lose. I, they didn't bring me here to lose. But there is a process involved where we have to go through tough times. Like, I, I want to bottle this up. I want to embrace it. I want to have it in storage. So when things are turned around and we get too comfortable and we start complaining about some problems that are not necessarily even problems, problems that winning teams go through, I want to be able to reflect on these times. But... uh I don't want anybody around me with a defeatist mentality. I don't want anybody around me that's not competitive. I don't want anyone around me that's selfish. We got to be on the same page at all times through the good, bad, and indifferent. <laughs> I mean, Danny Ainge went the other way. He's like, I am here to lose. <laughs> it's not working. All right, so Bill Simmons floated out this sort of rumor slash report slash idea that AD is available. Yeah. in trades. Do you yeah. think that's the answer? Well, first let me throw this out because people don't know this. Sneaky MVP candidate as far as Nick Wright's concerned. Not me. Lowry Markin. <laughs> right, right now, Nick is... Every time we have our pre-show meeting, Don't he's bringing up, up Markin. No, I brought him up once and now I, you can at least bring it up. Twice. At least tell twice. America at least real twice. Quick? Can I tell America something real quick? <laughs> Brew oddly really dislikes Geno Smith. No, and, the, and he has decided that Laurie Markin is the Geno Smith comp in the NBA. Yeah, we'll get into that in an hour. Now let's get back to the league. And secondly, I don't think that future prosperous time that Darvin Ham was talking about, and I love Darvin. And it ain't it's coming. Gone. All right, it ain't coming this year. All right. So to answer your question, I think they should be looking to trade AD. I'm not saying shop him. I'm not saying put it out there, AD's available. I'm not saying get rid of him just to get off his money, what, two years, about $84 million left. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying I'm talking. I'm making calls. What like, type, hey, can what I ask you, you this? I, don't, I should ask you this before the show. I don't want to put you on the spot. What If you're the Lakers, if you're making those calls, do you have like a generic or specific? What type of package would someone have to offer you for right. you to seriously consider it? I would look, and I know big for small. I would trade. I actually like this for both teams, and it's been floated out there before. Anthony Davis for Damian Lillard. Straight oh, up. So would I. Because here's the thing, and I, I get it. So right now, you might say so Lillard, Lillard's would. better, right? Yeah. But here's the thing for Portland. Damon is 32. He AD actually fits their timeline more than Damien does. 
Okay. Well, I, you don't think I'm they're young? No, I'm no. Right? I'm agreeing don't you with think you. AD now, fits it uh, better? You say Damian Lillard, I'm now interested. If I'm the Lakers, I don't okay, know I if Portland were, okay. might do. I'm just saying, if I'm Portland, yeah, okay. Damian is Mr. Blazer, and he loves it there, and he's a superstar who wants to but stay. That's the and type of return right. you're talking about. You're oh, talking yeah. about another guy that can help you win right now. Can I throw so, out a Nets one to you? Here we go. Not if it's This Kyrie, is what I've got. But yeah, go ahead. Kyrie, yeah. Ben Simmons. Yes. You might do this when I finish it. Kyrie, Ben Simmons, and Joe Harris. Oh, you need shooting. And a Joe Harris. For, for AD, and AD and Russ. Okay, yeah. well, you're not throwing that out there. I threw that out there over the summer. <laughs> I was about I, and to throw I, that. Seth Curry was included in it. That is <laughs> not your not trade. That is my <laughs> trade from over Thanks. the I summer. Like I, I don't know. Sports I, Illustrated likes to give Oh, my God. <laughs> my trade from over the summer, and that was two Kyrie controversies ago. So I think the Kyrie stuff right now is untenable for a lot of teams. Okay, that's can I? So listen, yeah, I, I think trading Anthony Davis. I was on with Colin two hours ago. Mm-hmm. He was like Anthony Davis for Draymond and Wiseman, and I'm like, okay, if this in picks, I'm like, okay, if this is where we're at, no. then the Lakers are ruined. And the Lakers, by the way, are for this season likely ruined right. either way. Okay, you're you're claiming the Lakers are not even playing. I. I said they are before the year. I said the roster is presently constituted, cannot win, and that I know they're waiting to trade Ross until the best deal comes available. But check the tape. I said, look at that schedule. You might start two and eight, and at two and eight, you might have dug yourself too big of a hole. Well, I wake up this morning, and they're two and eight. We're talking about trading Anthony Davis. <laughs> well, you so, did. You also said they had a better chance of winning the championship. Than make missing the playoffs. Yes, I did say all of that. I also did not think Anthony Davis, I'm sorry, Russell Westbrook, would still be on the team at this point of the year. Really? I did not. This quickly? I did. I thought they they would realize, uh uh-oh, the team's broken. We have one way to drastically change the roster. We committed to LeBron. We were willing to do that when he agreed to his extension. More on that in a moment. And now they're not doing it. And now they're 2-8. and what I didn't think of is that they'd get to the 2-8 and eight and be like, hmm, should we trade the only long-term valuable piece we have? This is, this is cataclysmic failure by the Lakers organization that this is on the board. Now, with the caveat of, yeah, if you get Dame Lillard, okay. if you're trading him for another top 15 player sure. that just fits more, I'm okay with it. But if it's we're trading Anthony Davis because we need some more draft picks and some young prospects to go along with year 20 LeBron okay. who – I am not yet concerned about, but at some point LeBron's shooting slump will be uh, well, enough point. of a con- right. At some point, you will start to have to. Let me re- how do I put this? At some point, Nike's going to have to reconsider the LeBron versus Father Time ad campaign <laughs> if LeBron doesn't start winning some rounds. Okay, <laughs> right? And so, and that's not an indictment on LeBron. Right. That's a reality of sports. But. We, we're going to talk about the Colts in a bit, and my guess is Jim Irsay is going to catch a lot of, not strays, but direct shots because mm-hmm. he deserves them. Right. And we talk about bad ownership and incompetent ownership all the time. At what point does any of this fall on Jeannie Buss's doorstep? That she gave Rob Belinka a contract extension, and Rob Belinka's big move this offseason was what? Bringing in Lonnie Walker, letting Malik Monk, the only good move they made the previous offseason, letting him go? And that the Lakers are now, it's like, oh, okay, we're not going to be able to shoot, but we're going to be great defensively. Who, who was it that hung 140 on him last Woo! night? Like, what? The, 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 this is, this is a organizational 
a, a series of disastrous decisions that have led to this place of where they're holding meetings, evidently, of, um, should we trade Anthony Davis? No. You should find a way to get the most out of Anthony Davis and surround him with the complimentary pieces that allow you to compete for a title like you had three years ago. Instead, they've gone in the other direction. So, no, I wouldn't trade Anthony Davis. But the fact that it's even on the board is mortifying for the franchise. Wow. Mortifying. AD's playing well, but he's not helping him win at all. Well, you, nobody's helping him help LeBron, win. LeBron's older. AD is right in his prime. You should win more games. He's not happy. He's, he's AD? No, he's not happy. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. Well, welcome back to the show. This is a great segment. Ravens win against the non-frisky Saints. Baltimore becomes the first team since 2011 to hold a double-digit lead in each of their first nine games. Something. Here's the Ravens' schedule. If you take a look, the next seven games, all against losing teams. Wow. Eight losing teams, one Prince. And the Broncos count twice. So there's Remember, the Browns will have Watson at that point. So. So, and they're a good team already. They're pretty, better than their but pretty, But it's pretty yeah. soft schedule. Soft schedule, moral yeah. of the story. Uh, Super Bowl champion Greg Jennings is here. Welcome, Greg. But I'm going to start with Nick. Are the Ravens the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC? Right now, they're the team that scares me the most. Ooh. I'll tell you that much. Go, of course, we knew that. Go, did you? <laughs> Do you going have into breaking the year, news on Josh Allen? Going into the, no, I don't. Going okay. into the year, the team that I said that scared me most was the Chargers. I, I thought it was going to be Chiefs-Chargers in the AFC mm-hmm. Championship game. The Chargers have been too ruined by injury. The Chargers, I still think their roster's exceptional in theory, but a third of their best players are on IR. I think that, you know they're almost a cross-off due to injury. The, speaking of injuries... You guys, you say, of course, you act like, oh, Nick's just going to say this. You brought up the point yesterday, and it's correct. The Bills are not the team they were at the beginning of the year. The Bills are a team who had two all-pro safeties, and one of them is out for the year, and the other one is banged up. And their best linebacker is banged up. And they are, all of a sudden, the injuries are mounting. The Josh Allen injury is something. Well, Might not be, I'm assuming he's, you know, going to be playing the rest of the way. Obviously, if he's has surgery or something, then they're a cross-off, but... It's something we saw with Stafford, like a lingering elbow thing can yeah, be something. something. And the Ravens, on the other hand, are just getting better. 
The Ravens took a top 10 caliber player in Ajabo from Michigan, knowing he wasn't going to be available for the first 10 games of the year. He just came off IR. They got him in the second round. He's going to be added. They obviously just traded for Roquan Smith. They dominated Miami for three quarters. They dominated Buffalo for three quarters. They've been, the 10-point lead in every game is meaningful. And Lamar, you can't prepare for him. You just got to play him. Yep. So for all those, I think the Chiefs are clearly the best team. But what team can add the most variance? What team can shake the snow globe? What okay. team can scare you with a coach that's proven it? That's Baltimore. I disagree. Um, a lot of your points are valid. I disagree because when I look at Baltimore, they are dangerous. They're yeah. not scary. Oh, okay, explain. The reason why is when you look at what the Ravens have done all year, they've had double-digit leads in every game. That tells me nothing about this team because they've always been a front-running team. They've always played with leads. That's not what I want to see. I want to see in the playoffs when they had to, have had to come from behind, can they do that? They haven't been. They haven't proven to be able to do that. So the reason why all of what you say is oh, that's great. That's fair point. They are a solid team. They're a very dangerous team. Nothing about them scares me because the history tells me we get up on them in the postseason. They haven't proven that they can come from behind. This year, when the games have, the game against the Dolphins, you alluded to it. They're up 28 to seven at halftime, 35-14, mm-hmm. fourth quarter. They get. In a, a fight, a battle, the Dolphins coming up, they're scoring points. Why couldn't the Ravens score? Right. Game got a little tight. Game changed. So when the, when the games are in the balance and you're forced to throw the ball and you can't rely on your amazing run game, you become more one-dimensional. Every team does when they're down. They haven't proven that they can take that step in the postseason. Whereas, the post, they, they did beat the Bengals in that circumstance. Low-scoring game, but they had to come back and beat them at the end. But when you talk about the Chiefs, you got to match them blow for blow. The team right. that can match them blow for blow. The Cincinnati Bengals. They showed us like The Cincinnati this Bengals can. <laughs> you, you're saying that, but the Cincinnati Bengals can. Okay. And another team that we know that can do that is Chargers. the Buffalo Bills. Oh, okay. Look, abs- excellent analysis. Very cogent. But you were too kind. I haven't seen this type of bias since the tears a week ago. All right, this is unbelievable. The tears were pretty vindicated. It's clearly the the Bills. It ain't even a discussion. Well, let's see. They got the better wide receivers. I know wide receivers. Better wide receivers, the better offense, Mm -hmm. the better defense, especially against the pass, which is pretty important if you're facing Patrick Mahomes. Oh, and they got the better quarterback, both in the regular season. And especially in the playoffs, that quarterback has success beating the Chiefs. Let's go, Chris. They won two of their last regular season games against the Chiefs. And look at the playoffs. I love Lamar, but it's no comparison. Josh Allen has been far better in the playoffs. 15 touchdowns to four for Lamar, and that includes rushing touchdowns. You're, so it, it, and it, you're it's leaving not something even off close. that graphic that Allen's got two of and Lamar has zero. Two Play losses, off, that's playoff fair. Playoff losses to the Chiefs. But he's, but he's still three and three in the playoffs. Lamar's one and three in the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. The Bills are the most dangerous team as far you know versus Kansas City in the playoffs. Uh, I'm confused by the Ravens. I'm totally lost. They're good. I'm I mean, they're good. Here's the thing. They can't throw the ball. They're 27th in the league in passing. And that's sandwiched between the Texans and the Panthers. 
It's just bizarre. Hold on. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Real quick. Is it that they can't throw? So you're talking about passing yards per game. Yeah. Is it that they can't throw the ball or, or they don't, they don't and haven't needed to? Because the, where the double-digit lead thing does matter is it's not like their plan. Their plan going into each game each week has worked. Control the ball. Yep. They've, sure. You know what I mean? They've nine weeks in a row, whatever their plan was, it has led to them having a double-digit lead, a double-digit point lead. And then once you have that lead, you're not throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. You're usually running. So I think they can throw better than those numbers suggest. Now, the Bateman injury hurts them. There's yes. no doubt about that. And I think that's obviously noteworthy. And we'll see what Deshaun Jackson, he already got a little dinged, what he's able to do at being added to the fray there. I just think that using Lamar's playoff failings against him at this point is fair. But I also think it doesn't change the fact that he's terrifying. That play, oh, he, that and last year, he's, he's you know, and no. last year he was injured, so they didn't make the playoffs. Maybe last year he would have played better in the playoffs. I'm just, I am being honest with you. You say it's bias. I'm, I'm being honest with you. There are, there are not many teams in the league that scare me. I have Chiefs fan arrogance when we play them. Lamar and the Ravens are at the top of the list because it feels like if they're clicking. That you're hopeless. And if they're clicking, it feels like you are hopeless. I have seen the Bills play their A-plus game, click everywhere. And they lost and they changed the rules afterwards. So I know that the, the Chiefs got to play their A-plus game to beat the Bills' A-plus game. Right. I don't know if anyone beats the Ravens' A-plus game because it's so unique and they play keep away. They just keep the ball the whole that's game. That's fair. We haven't seen their A-plus game in, in the, the postseason. postseason. No, that's, to- that's okay. absolutely right. A quick something or nothing. Uh, reaction to a video here. Lamar wants the ball on the snap, doesn't get it, slams the ball. Here he is after the game. You seemed frustrated at times in the fourth quarter with your offensive line. What was going on then? No, no, no. I wasn't frustrated, my guys. No, not at all. Um, I just wanted the, the ball to be um, snapped, you know, but it is what it is. You know, we, we competitors. You know, Ronnie got on me, you know, but that's just what it is. We brothers, you know, we're going to do that sometimes. Drew, what was your reaction? I hate look. I hate to lump Greg in with you guys because you you guys are this younger generation. <laughs> You're gonna call where, us soft? Yeah, we yes. haven't even said this is nothing. Then why are you so this what? Because I know y'all are like, oh my gosh, they're yelling at no, each other. No, we're not. Who is <laughs> Dusty hit it. Well, all right, can I see it? Can I? I think it's coming. Oh, Young my people gosh. be soft. <laughs> I didn't know we still had Young, this. Yes, we do. Young people be soft. You look amazing there. <laughs> Oh, that is my chest, oh, by the way. Moses. That is my chest. Uh, come on. This is called football. Yeah. It's called team None of work. us have even team spoken work. yet. It's called competition. We're competitive. We're trying what to win. This is about? nothing. Because I know y'all. You're wrong, oh, they're though. yelling at each other. Not, How dare Lamar no. yell at his line? I, the, I actually wrong. liked every part of it. Bert, I'll let you go. But I, go ahead. I, I love that. But can we get Brew back on the screen? Oh, yeah. You <laughs> see that chest? I've been in the weight room. Yep. I've been in the weight room doing push ups. Young people be soft. Look, everything that everything that. that happened in that game with them going back and forth is what's necessary. I love it because it wasn't just Lamar getting on. His offensive lineman, his offensive lineman yes. was getting back at him. Well, and That's, it was the, the when he said Ronnie, I don't know if he said Ronnie, if he said Stanley, but he's talking about Ronnie, Ronnie Stanley. That's not the center. That's the left tackle. So what to me, what happened there was Lamar yelled at the center, 
And then the left tackle, the highest paid and physically like, biggest, don't yell at- and the leader was like, no, 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 yeah, yeah. don't yell at my Absolutely. guy. And then Lamar, after the fact, was laughing with Lisa Salters, who at the end of the interview, he always calls Miss Lisa, which is he's, <laughs> uh, he's just uh, such a delight in all facets. And he was like, no, to me, there are different, there are certain yelling and tantrums that I do get on guys about. I thought Ken Dorsey in the booth was embarrassing. I, I hold coaches yeah. or coordinators to a different standard. I've never once said anything about Brady slamming a tablet. I got no problem with it in the heat of competition. Lamar yelling at guys in that spot, Wilds, maybe I'm a hypocrite. It feels so different than Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins, who I think they, those guys don't like each other. I think Lamar's guys love him, and I think it gives him the breath to, to yell at people. You should keep the same energy when I'm not a little, you know, a little under-caffeinated for our Zoom meeting. Okay, but like I said, <laughs> this is a Kyler D. He didn't like that. Coming up next, <laughs> it's weird and wonderful and Jeff Saturday's hire. We'll try to figure Ooh. that out. Spoiler alert, we won't be able to. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jeff Saturday hire got even weirder yesterday when Jim Ursay dropped this press conference on an unsuspecting world. Take a listen. Now, I'm glad he doesn't have any NFL experience. I'm glad he hasn't learned the fear that's in this league. That's because it's tough for all our coaches. They're afraid. They go to analytics, and it gets difficult. I mean, he doesn't have all that. Expectations are high here. Look, we're the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000. All right, that means in the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. You want to bet against this guy? Put your money down, people. (laughs) Love to see it. Love to see it. We don't build rockets to go to Mars. We're not nuclear scientists. That is none of our jobs here. It's a very simple jobs that we do here. I don't know how to make sausage. I don't know what goes into sausage. But I do know how to build a football team. Because I've been around for 52 years. <laughs> Wiles, no, Bruton, go first. I'm just literally doing what Arce said. Because the thing is, you literally can bet, put money down against yeah. the Colts and, and, <laughs> and Jeff Saturday. And minus six and a half is not enough. So let's go Raiders this oh weekend. Uh, uh, Bruce, your reaction. Okay. There's a lot to get to. I'm sure you guys will hit this from several different angles. But I must hit it from the racial angle. Okay, because the NFL does have a problem, not enough African-American coaches. There's five in the league, but Steve Wilkes is an interim. All right, and I know Saturday is technically an interim, but Ursay said he hopes it mm-hmm. lasts much longer. And they hired I think him clearly, from outside the organization. Right, clearly they're thinking he's going to be yeah. the coach going forward. Here's the thing. This is the very definition of moving the goalpost. All right, when African-American coaches or African-Americans talk about that, this is what it is. They've said you got to be a coordinator to get a coach, get a job. Okay. Oh, but you got to be an offensive coordinator, not just a defensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator. And we've seen it with – I know Joe Judge was a special teams coach for the most part. He gets a job with the Giants, fails miserably. And now you're going to a high school coach. Nothing at all against Jeff Saturday. 
I don't know him. I liked him on ESPN. I thought he was great. He was a very good player. I, nothing at all against him. But what about merit? What about earning it? And it's not just black coaches either. It's just any NFL coach who's paying his dues, hoping he can get that break. And you go and hire a guy who, guys, I look, I don't, this is not like the NBA or Major League Baseball. I think coaching in the NFL the is important. so absolutely, it's so much tougher. You got to manage a staff of 15 to 20 other coaches. Yeah. I mean, for to think someone can step in out of high school and coach the NFL is ludicrous and it's lunacy. Well, I'll jump in really quick from a player's perspective, but I want to touch on like what you talked about the, about the minority coaches and African American coaches. This isn't a job that they would have even wanted to touch because they wouldn't have been given a chance. Like this is a team that clearly is tanking. And so I, again, I know Jeff Saturday. I played with him, mm -hmm. teammate, former teammate, but if Jeff and I were on a team and this happened in our locker room, we would be thoroughly upset. Mm. Thoroughly upset. As a player, you feel disrespected. To do this and my job is on the line, my teammates, we're out here trying to provide you as an owner the best possible product that we possibly can. You say every day everything we do is to benefit the team. Is it to benefit the team now or is it to benefit you down the road? Because right now, this isn't benefiting this team. Like the decisions that Jim Ursay is, is making, like you can't just say there's no one, there was no one available. I'm glad he was available. Other candidates, like what are you doing and what message are you sending to the guys in your locker room? You don't have an offensive coordinator. Right. You they don't just have promoted a 30 year old to call you have, you If you want to talk about culture and, and coaches not being afraid and whatever, what about the remaining coaches that are still right. present on that yeah. staff? Like, Reggie Wayne is on that staff. You have yeah, a relationship with him. Job, like, on. I mean, I know he's Come not, on, he but my point is, if I'm a player, I'm upset because you brought, you brought Matt Ryan in here. At the beginning of the season, we all talked about this yeah. team in the AFC South yeah. winning it. Like, yeah, they were a they were playoff bound team. Like, yep. Indy, the Colts. And it's, it's been a disaster. It's been a complete disaster. And, and, it, and this is another instance where it starts at the top, and Ursay has been, let's call it haphazard. <laughs> over the years, and I give him credit, it seems like, and he's told the story that, you know, he had some demons, he got those cleaned up, and now he's just a guy, seems to be actually a good guy doing some good things, who doesn't know how to run a football team. Like a lot of the guys who inherited the football team from dad, who did know, doesn't necessarily know. But you mentioned it, high school to head coach. We, we have seen it, though, Brew, with Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders went from high school to FCS college head coach. And I went back this afternoon, and I did a little Google News search for the month when he was hired, and you know what they were saying about Deion Sanders, one of the greatest players ever, who coached in high school longer than Saturday has, and was taking over Jackson State. Oh, boy. That's a big jump with no experience. Yep. People were skeptical yep. of Deion Sanders' ability to make the same transition to an FCS school. And Jeff Saturday is going to make it in five days 
to go play the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Of course this wouldn't happen with a black guy. It would, it's, it's unfathomable, the, the idea that this would happen for anyone other than this. And again, everyone has to give the caveat of, I, I, you guys, you played with Saturday. Mm-hmm. You, you guys know him better than I do. I don't know him at all. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I root for everyone's success. So you have to give that caveat. But the only person this could happen to is a coach's son, yep. a coach's brother, or a owner's former drinking partner, hangout pal. <laughs> tell old stories about Peyton Manning and the glory years. And it's just, these, these franchises are worth $5 billion. And it's just like, hey, my pal's taken over. It's, I mean, of course it's embarrassing. So it's been it forward to this weekend. Jeff Saturday had a few tweets. I don't know if you saw these, Greg, so I want to get your reaction. This is before he was named. Uh, head coach of the Colts. Hey, something wrong with my fantasy stats. He was playing uh, fantasy football. Had Devontae out. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> zero for zero. And also, Raiders look horrible. That's on October 30th. Now he's headed to Las Vegas <laughs> to play the Raiders. Sneaky also on the bud list. Josh McDaniels. This is a must win. Oh, that's a great point. If the Colts somehow win this game, if don't the worry. ball bounces in some they weird won't. way. Thank you for that. Josh McDaniels yes. is going to be in a bad he's, spot. He's going to be on the high. Okay. Hiring broadcast. I already got two of my guys. Don't worry. Well, Josh don't, don't do you the... told me Josh, too, yesterday. <laughs> I put Josh, Josh and Josh. The it was good. You put during Josh. the show. Can I and tell McDaniels. you? You don't have to worry about the Raiders losing. <laughs> Colts, Colts offense was the worst performance of any team in the league all year last week. Now they fired Reich and hired this Ra- guy. Raiders are bad. Exactly. They give up. Raiders are bad. Literally 20-point leads, 17-point leads every week. Raiders are really bad. <laughs> Coming up in 13 minutes, this is the new hottest segment in all of sports. Nick's MVP pyramid. No Four committee. Sharp. Zero committee. No committee. The no committee way. does the tiers. Just this you. is my pyramid. Okay. It's going to be fantastic. Stay tuned. But right now, oh, this is a good story, Greg. I was in my Volvo listening to this one. I said, oh, my ears perked up. Yeah, me and Greg drive Volvo. Humble brag. Humble brag. Now, maybe Brady just catches the highlights. That's on the board. Maybe he's just studying the team. Either way, Tom's Brady quote last night on Let's Go with Jim Gray sent hearts aflutter in New England. Take a listen. (laughs) We had 20 years together of elite football experience that I wouldn't have traded for anything in the world. And I know he's... A great competitor, what an amazing coach he is and how he prepares the team to win. And he's just done it year in and year out. And the fact that he's 22 wins away from an an amazing milestone, I have no doubt he's going to get it. And I just watch that team every week and impressed by how they prepare and and the accountability that that organization has had. And uh, it always starts at the top. (laughs) Oh, every week. Me and Tom Brady just sitting there every week. He plays a game, then rushes home, watches the Patriots. (laughs) I'll start with Nick because I have an idea what you're going to say, and I don't want to hear it. Uh, Uh, Nick, do you think there's a reunion on the board? I'm saying any chance. Okay, hold on. So I – do I think there's a chance? Yes. Let's go. Hold on. Wait, but that's (laughs) not the story. Okay, I don't think Brady's retiring. Okay. I, I think Brady is, I've said all year, I do not think this is going to be Brady's last year. I do not think he wanted to play in Tampa this year, much less next year, True. cross them off. Good. Miami was his preferred destination. Looks like here. they're in on Tua. In some well, form, some capacity, he's playing really well. Okay. And yeah, I've been a Tua skeptic, but even I would say it would be kind of... It would be odd for them after this year to be like, yeah, coming off a great year, Pro Bowl caliber season, uh, we're going to move on to the 46-year-old. So cross them off. San Francisco 
is on the board, maybe as the leading contender. After them, I think the leading contender would have to be New England. Really? Because it'd have to be a team that you think can compete. Yeah. And there's the, obviously the familiarity. So, yes, I think it's on the board. And the team would have to not have a quarterback, which leads me to this, yeah. <laughs> which is the most interesting part of this. Why are you excited about this? You have tied, despite many off-ramps, your entire television brand yeah. to Mac Jones. Yeah, baby go. You are now trying to eschew him, kick him out of oh, the bedroom so Tom Brady can come back. Get out of town. What? What are you talking you about? Are you, what are you, what are you have you Have you not seen? Did you see Top Gun 2 Maverick? I don't mind if Tom Cruise gets back in the cockpit. You got Miles Teller there, a new version of Goose. I'm okay with that. You can bring the old guy back. He can, he can study underneath him, and another guy can fly the plane. It's totally fine. I'll add some more fuel to your fire there as you stoke the flames of the Tom Brady back to New England reunion. First one, defense. Oh, Tom Brady loves a good defense. The Patriots, although we're a, a little bit going through some challenging times with the offense. Yeah. Oh, the defense, seventh-ranked scoring defense, so we can run the ball and we play great defense. And then we didn't make any moves at the deadline, Greg. Not a single solitary move. You know why? Stacking cash. Oh, stacking money. Third most cap space next year, $54 million. I don't know who's going to get it. But we're going to save a little bit for Tom Brady. And here, final one, bro. And this is true. Listen to this one. Those were two, too, but this one's extra true. Does Tom Brady care about his narrative? Does Tom Brady care about his legacy? Yes. Do, I, do we think that if he doesn't win the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, he's going to be like, ah, that was it. I won a Super Bowl, and I kind of just was down here, and we kind of no. fell apart. Or does he want to come back? and try to be the phoenix rising in New England. They have one more shot at it and then say Drew, why do you think it's – do you think it's crazy because you don't think he's playing next year? I, I don't – I'm not mad at you for that take. He might play. You, you, I think you, that's a good take. You're halfway so there. where do you think – I don't play? think New England is good enough. Like, I, if Tom Brady plays next year, we know he's going somewhere he can win the Super Bowl. That's the only thing he's playing for, right? I Look, I don't think they're good enough. When he was in the AFC East, it was one of the worst oh, divisions in the league. Now. Right yeah. now, it's a great division, and New England's the worst but team. Through, right now, they're, they're the worst five team. And four with the worst starting quarterback in the league. But here, oh, man, it got me in a pickle. <laughs> here's the Tough thing, spot. though. We know at this stage of his career, I thought it was the case his last year in New England. He needs great receivers now. He can't do it sure. with just Hello. mediocre guys like he did. Us. Jacoby Myers, is that is that good enough wild for Tom Brady to win? Yeah, fifty-four million dollars. You said you're giving all that to Brady. Well, give no, some of it to so. Brady. I don't know. You know, we'll talk about it. He'll probably I, play look, for veterans. Minimum. I don't think they're good enough. I think the division's too tough. I think they don't have the good enough receivers. All right, Ryan, Rob Gronkowski's not walking through that you door. Sure? I'm pretty sure. Well, All right. And, I, I, and if I'm New England, I'm going with a young quarterback anyway. I think San Francisco, that makes sense. Some other Greg, places, come on. But Greg, no. It's just more fun to be on I'm our sorry. side. It really is. No. Don't issue it. Issue it. Issue it. I don't know what that means, Brady, but it sounds Brady's, good. I like Nick. Brady's done. 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 He's done. You oh. think he's retiring after he's this? He's retiring after oh. this. He's done. Oh, but but what so. makes you what makes you think that he would go to New England with that roster and they Thank have an you. opportunity to win when he has Mike Evans as, right. a, as a receiver right Godwin. now? Godwin. Yeah, dropping like, balls. Mike Evans. Well, mean? Guy was dropping balls last no, week. You tell you name you name a better receiver. No. Right. No, 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 no
is it would be the formula they had when he first got there. Limited offense, greatest coach ever, excellent defense. The, listen, the, the, the Bucks right now – I don't now, think that's getting it done in the, the days in NFL. Well, okay, well, I mean, it's – it's, That's beating – I was going to say, that's beating your Chiefs. No, well, listen, I, of course I don't think that's going to beat the Chiefs, but I don't think right now – If he goes I, to the Niners, though, that's a team that might – The Niners, I, I said the Niners were the first right, team okay, that, that I listed. That's but I much think better. dismissing the gap entirely the Patriots – I guess my point is this. Greg thinks he's retiring, I so do. that's a that, – you know what I mean? That's just an X off for everybody's board. If we are listing if, – if, if this first thing is true, Tom Brady's playing next year. Greg says he doesn't think he is, and nobody knows. But let's just say he's okay. playing next year. Good. Start there. And we say, we all agree, the most likely team is San Francisco. What's the second most likely team? I would argue it's New England. I would argue that any of the issues you have with New England, like, ah, are they quite good enough? All this, so who else is looking for quarterbacks, right? Carolina, they're no good. Atlanta, they're not going to be that close. Like, there's a lot of these teams that doesn't make sense. I, I agree. I yeah, I agree with that. If I believe that he was coming back to play, there is no other option outside of the 49ers that best suits him because of relationship, style of play, because familiarity, the board. all those different things. I understand that. I just don't believe he's coming don't back. Think but if he did, you would be with us. <laughs> <laughs> if he did, I would be with you. Ah, three on one. Got I, I eschew that. Uh, can I, I, I eschew that's that? That's how I use the word. What does it can mean? I say <laughs> what a segment of betrayal? Of what? Wilds betrays Mac Jones. And Brew betrays Jimmy G. Wants to replace him <laughs> for a 46-year-old. Speaking of one of the best and most dynamic segments... We're debuting right now, yes. 3.59 on a Tuesday, the hottest segment in all of sports television. Nick Wright dusted off his NBA pyramid, put a new coat of paint on it. It's now the NFL MVP pyramid, and this segment is going to be fantastic. Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. Take it away, Nick. And I'm not making any allegations about, you know, people leaking materials. But what I will say is Ooh. this. I submitted this pyramid to our staff of 13 people mm -hmm. at 1130 this morning. And at 1230 this afternoon, Fox Bet updated their new MVP. Moving lines. Uh, you know, people are wondering where, if, you know, if there was a little insider <laughs> trading going on. Bottom row, players 7 through 10. Derrick Henry, Tua Tungavailoa, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow. Derrick Henry's last five weeks, 135 yards per game, more than five yards per carry, seven touchdowns. He's done it the last two weeks with a rookie playing quarterback who they're afraid to let throw, yet he is still dominant on the ground. I'll tell you the truth, in the Chiefs game, I was a little surprised he didn't get more carries. Every time he was off the field, I was like, yes. And so Derrick Henry carrying that offense with no A.J. Uh, AJ Brown. Tua Tungavailoa, 116 rating, 9 yards per attempt. They have not lost a game yet that he has started and finished. He is proving a lot of the Tua doubters, myself included, at least partially, temporarily, slightly wrong. Lamar Jackson, he has had three MVP-level games. The reason he is not higher is because he has had two awful games mixed in. The other games, he has been good. He is an offense unto himself as they refuse to give him weapons. And then, Joe Cool, Joe Burrow. There are not five quarterbacks in the league that could have this Bengals team with their injuries and their offensive line with a winning record. He has them there. He deserves to be there. Now the cream of the crop, the top six. Geno Smith, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. We'll start with Geno, which Brew usually likes a good underdog story. Brew, I would think, would, you know, would be very supportive of Geno Smith. 
the league's second highest rated passer, with the league's leader in completion <laughs> percentage, a team that was predicted to have the number one overall pick. And then I realized why Brew can't support Gino. Why? Because if Geno Smith oh, you're right. gets an MVP vote <laughs> before Russell Wilson ever gets an MVP vote, all the embarrassment for Mr. <laughs> Quite Limited for the wiki page to not get MVP runner-up before Geno Smith does. Jalen Hurts, really good numbers, really good production. No, no wow moments, no wow wins because of the schedule they've played except for the Minnesota game. And... A victim of a bit of the team's overall success. They haven't trailed in the second half yet. So that hasn't Ooh, been a good. great Yeah, a bit. There hasn't been a great Jalen Hurts moment. I think he's right in the middle of the pack. And then of course Josh Allen. Top five in all passing stats, especially the turnover ones, interceptions and fumbles. <laughs> uh, except for passer rating where he's not top five. He's a dominant rusher, which absolutely helps his case case. What hurts his case is they've lost two games and both of them because of his grievous errors. Top three. Micah Parsons and Tyree Kill. Two guys who won't get any votes or any consideration, but absolutely should. Micah Parsons is the dominant defensive player on the dominant defense. He's an, his impact is more than his eight sacks and his half dozen or a dozen t- tackles for a loss. There are six other guys on the Cowboys who have multiple sacks this season because of the attention he take. is generating. And then Tyree Kill. He is on pace to tie Calvin Johnson's record uh, for receiving yards in a season through 16 games. He's on pace to obliterate it through 17 games. He also leads the league in passing yards generated by pass interference penalties. He also leads the league in passing yards missed out on because his quarterback wildly underthrew him. I made that stat up, but fact check it. I promise you it's true. (laughs) He has totally transformed the offense. Jalen Waddell was there last year. He was 103rd in the league in yards per catch at 9.8. Jalen Waddle's there this year. He is third in the league in yards per catch at 17 and a half because of what Tyreek Hill, how he has t- tilted the field. And then, of course, number one, not just on my pyramid, but in the latest MVP odds fresh out of Vegas, dun, dun, dun. Patrick Mahomes, oh! for the first time all year, is an MVP favorite as he should be. He's the best player in the league. He also has the most comebacks this season. He also is number one in yards and number one in touchdowns, despite the fact that his team lost Tyreek Hill. So, the scariest player is the best player, also on the scariest best team. So, there it is. There's your MVP pyramid. Pretty Drew, good. You have a Pretty good. furrow Excellent on your brow than usual. What's the issue? Look, great I'll, I'll, I'll start nicely. You saved the best for last. I agree Patrick Mahomes is the MVP front runner right now. I agree. We're getting yeah. places. In yes, I'm being nice. Now, that said, you, I'm Greg, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way. You got Tyreek Hill way too high. All right? He should not be above... Josh Allen, he should not be above Jalen Hurts, and he definitely shouldn't be above the guy throwing him all the passes to a tongue of Iola. Tua should be much higher on this list, Nick. I mean, look, they're 6-0 when Tua starts and finishes the game. That means they're 0-3 when he doesn't play much. He doesn't even play at all or doesn't play much, mm-hmm. okay? And Tyreek put up huge numbers in two of those losses. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. And you mentioned Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle averages three more yards per catch than Tyreek Hill. Yeah, but why? Because uh, he's good in his own right. He's not as good as Tyreek Hill, but he's good in his own right. When you say it, you realize it proves yes. itself faulty. No, when you're like, wait, no, this no. guy averages more yards per catch than Tyreek Hill. Oh, wait, that sounds silly. It must be because of Tyreek Hill's impact because you're not no, actually no, arguing. No. Are you arguing he, Waddle's better? No. Well, then I'm what's just, the point of the stat? Here's what I'm – I'll argue this, though. Okay. 
Tyreek Hill, Waddle does have twice as many touchdowns. Okay, so then say Tyreek Hill has that. three touchdowns. Yeah. How in the world are you going to be the MVP when 21 other receivers, yeah. not fair players, wide right receivers have more touchdowns than you? Tyreek Hill's having a phenomenal year. He has made a big difference. The offensive line has gotten better, too. That's been a big difference for that offense. Mike McDaniel's done a fantastic job with that offense. But Tua is their offensive MVP. Tua should be the Dolphins' highest MVP okay. candidate, not you know Tyreek. smells like, Greg? Whole stinking pile of quarterback bias. Yeah, oh. yeah. I, I mean, Tyreek well, Hill is great. having one of the greatest seasons receiver. in the history of his Where's position. Tua Tagovailoa is not having the best season at his position in his own division. Well, he actually leads the league in passer rating by a mile. Why? Thank you. Because he's because he's average because he's a seventy percent completion rate, yeah. right? Because he's fifteen touchdowns and three interceptions. Yeah. That's also, why. by the way, because the dude I is great. The thing about Tua, just quickly here before we move on, and I'm shocked you didn't make this point or at least acknowledge it. You're, you're saying they're six and zero when he plays and zero and three when he doesn't. Right. So by that math, he has missed a third of the season, and. How are you saying the MVP is a guy who has not been available for up to this point a third of the season? I'm not saying he's the MVP. No, but you're saying, he saying he's be. above Tyreek Well, Tyreek Hill's been there every week. I mean, uh, at work, punching, in the, punching the clock. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah, I feel really, very disrespected. Yeah, but you should. No, I, actually, I actually like the tears, but yeah. I would actually like to interest you mm-hmm. in adding an individual. Okay. Oh. Not, not to shuffle anything around, but just consider a guy, my dark horse MVP at the beginning of this season, Kirk Oh, oh my gosh. And before it's you, out of control. Before you, oh my it's gosh. Out of control with the before chains you, oh my gosh, relax. Yeah, that's Let me go out. into this. Go ahead, please. You gotta this explain team this. has the second best record in all of football. Seven and one. Oh, here he the is. defense isn't great. <laughs> Their running game isn't great. 25th. So that means they're winning because of what he's doing in the passing game. So for all of you Kirk Cousins haters out there, he's actually delivering, over-delivering, if I may add. That's true. Let's go into the numbers really quick. Let's go into the numbers really quick. Top 10 in pass TDs, top 10 in points scored, seventh best on target percentage. Like, the guy is extremely accurate. And hold on, let me continue. And if the game is in the balance, if you want a guy that's going to actually drive you down the field and win. If it's, oh, if it's Sunday oh, wait, afternoon. Wait a minute, Sunday but afternoon. But the moon's out. Guess who's stuck? <laughs> guess who's second in the NFL when it comes to game-winning drives? Oh, yeah, Kirk is Cousins. it Kirk? Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. It doesn't matter who's first. We're talking about my guy right now. And then let me. we talked about Tua and Tyreek. Well, you know what quarterback and wide receiver duo has the most combined yards all year? Justin like, Jefferson. Yeah. Justin Jefferson. I mean, there's a valid point. Kirk Those are all valid things, but we're not talking about the I'm not saying, I'm not saying you have to alter no, I get anything. It. That's, but listen, consider well, I mean, Geno's so in here's there, the why problem. can't he be? Because Geno has been far better uh, he than has, Cousins. Uh, uh, you're right. Yep. And on a team with far less weapons, less expectations. Uh, Your Geno Smith 
Yeah, I mean, I think Jefferson and Thielen and Cook is a great triumvirate. I think DK Cook Metcalf and really Lockett is good. Right. His and Seattle's run game. No, and, and Kenneth Walker, the Russian rookie. Uh, I, the, Brew is like the only person in America that is not super happy for Geno Smith and recognizing yeah, that the guy throughout the season is on the I'm MVP, happy for is, is I on the MVP he's list. The, okay, I, it's baffling to me, but we address this later. Can I say something real quick before you get to yours? Yeah. Kirk Cousins, 7-1. Tua Tungarailoa, undefeated. Jalen Hurts, undefeated. This is why the quarterback wins Jimmy G stuff is such a poisonous tree. Because it leads to Greg Jennings, otherwise smart guy, saying this guy should be an MVP consideration. You know why? Because he's top ten in a lot of things. <laughs> because it, 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 this hey. is the, the quarterback win stuff leads us to try to pretend good players or mediocre players are more than they are. Go ahead, Wallace. Okay, just turn. quickly on Kirk Cousins. We joke around that the Vikings don't get a lot of national attention. I actually think all of, like, the wearing of the jewelry and him yelling like you like that and, like, the, I like there's a little bit of a social media push. I think that is not just fun. I think it is necessary to kind of galvanize support yes, sure. to get more attention yeah. for Minnesota. But we just have kind of put on yeah. the back burner. Quickly. I got to make an argument, and I don't think he's at the top of the pyramid. Yeah. But I, I, if you're going to put Derrick Henry up there, let's put Saquon up there. Not he can be the uh, uh, running in double Fair. running for uh, comeback player of the year and MVP. Well, that's Gino too. Good point. Giants record by Saquon touches. If he touches the ball 24 times, they're five and zero. Less than 24 times, they're one and two. And I know Dayball's getting all the credit, but let's throw some credit to uh, Saquon as well. Here's the thing about Derrick Henry: count for 35% of your team's offense. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just want him in the conversation. Yeah. Saquon is back. Yeah. I want him in the conversation. That's fine. That's it. That's so, all I want. That's fine. And Thank you. if there was a fifth level of the Kirk pyramid, there. Kirk would be there. Like, Saquon would be there. Nikki Bosa would be there. There'd be a few other guys okay, that made it. That. But can I tell America what just Miles happened here, here. quickly? Sure. Uh, teams under 500 is tough. It is the. Kevin Wilds, at my behest a month ago, put a sizable wager on Saquon Barkley at 125 to you 1 to win league to. MVP. Yeah, I told you. I didn't then tell oh. you to use valuable airtime to oh. try to juice that bet, give it a chance. <laughs> oh. Wilds is insider trading on the show. <laughs> Wilds is, I, thought that's what, I thought you told me to do that. I told you to I make the bet, <laughs> not to all of a sudden be like, and this is why he's NFL MVP. <laughs> Just letting America. Oh, that's a smart move, Wild. Thank like you. It. Well, it was Nick's idea. I'm getting killed for it. <laughs> Coming up, talking Luca, who Nick has bet for MVP, by the way. <laughs> and it's what a sizable age you are. That is true. A Nick, lot of money on <laughs> And I'm going to tell you why he's MVP. Oh, welcome back to the show. This is a hot topic we were arguing about all day. Mavs dropped the Nets in an oddly low-scoring affair, 96-94. Second Luka versus KD duel of the year. Luka won again. It's amazing. The Nets defense the last three games. Something. Oh, yeah. oh that's right. Hey, Kyrie Edmund there. My hey. bad, my bad, my bad. 36 I, I points. You. Right. 10 more than KD. Also had more rebounds and assists. Mm. And uh, more moves that dropped Ben Simmons. Yeah. Brew, are you ready to say he's on track, Luka, to have a better career than Kevin Durant? Absolutely. Wow. Oh, Luka. yes! 
He's, you know what? He's very than Kevin Durant. Because Bruce says Absolutely. he was he was with Luca before me, which is odd because I was literally with, there when he was born. Yeah. But <laughs> LeBrew was on TV before That's I was. That's another guy Nick stole from. Yeah, and so he's like, Luka. oh, you stole Luke, And I'm like, I'm Even literally his dad. Maybe. It's kind of weird. Um, but go ahead. Sorry. He, he's... He's now he's better. I don't think people would debate that. I, maybe some. Would. I think people debated it, right? Because Giannis is the best player in the world. Yes, Luca's second best player in the world. Oh, we agree on that too. I thought you might say Steph. Luca's a better all-around player. KD is a better defender, but it's not like KD was an all-league type defender, right? Yeah. He's obviously a better shooter. I don't know that he's a better scorer. I mean, they both average about – Luke is at 26.7 for his career. KD's at 27.2. And Luke is a only – a little more efficiently, right. Uh-huh. Luke is going to go up. Luke is just a better passer, controls the game more than KD does, uh, I, a better rebounder. But you think – so right – I think I, he's – look, obviously KD has the titles. But KD mm-hmm. has never led – his own team to a championship. And Katie's got, I think Luca will do oh, that. I totally agree Multiple with that. times. And probably. so you and I both agree Katie is, let's go conservative, one of the 20 greatest players ever. I don't have my list. Right I mean, now, right now prob- probably. Right there in the, in the low teens, you know, right around there. So you're saying you project that Luca's going to finish higher than that. That Luca's going to Yeah, be, I think Luca yeah. will be higher rated than Katie. I think, I think, Luca's, I think Luca has a chance. To go down as the best offensive player ever. Wow. I think that's on the board. I'm not going to. I think that's on the board. And I think it would be disappointing if he is not one of the 12 greatest players ever. If he doesn't end up with a better career than Larry Bird. And I I shouldn't use that because that's another white guy and everybody does that. uh, Better career than Dr. J, which are their right neck and neck. uh, Akeem, Shaq in that area. I'll be disappointed. He had. There is no I reason agree with that. that he is. He, we talk about Durant Wilds. Durant's got one league MVP. Mm-hmm. Luke is going to tie that in five and a half months. And Durant's got. I would set Luca's career MVP total at. I'd set the over under at two and a half. I'd take over. Sure. And I'd set the titles at two and a half. And it's right. It'd be two or three. Like I, I, I think and. Can yeah. I say that, or you want to go? Yeah, I'm yeah. going to ask you a question. Okay. Durant's got two finals MVPs. I always like to look at a career through finals MVPs. Mm. It's like a nice It's because sh- it's, it's also nice the only cut. metric where Jordan It was. wasn't his team. It's the only one. Really? I, I got it. But yeah. it, was, it wasn't his team theoretically, but he was the best player in the championship twice. Mm-hmm. So, KD had Stephen on the Warriors. LeBron had D-Wade and Bosh, Kyrie, AD. MJ had Pippen. Kareem had a contingent. Bird obviously had everybody. Shaq had Kobe. Kobe had Gasol. Right, right. Do you see another superstar joining up with Luka or the style of play that kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, repel another superstar? Look, that's what you need if you're going to win multiple I'm, championships. I'm glad you brought it up. That's exactly where I was going. I don't think that Luka can win the championship this way. Michael Jordan didn't win it by mm-hmm. himself doing everything. LeBron hasn't, didn't win it like that. Wilt Chamberlain didn't win it like that. Like you said, you always but need that guy. Don't you think, and this style is not going to bring in But a, don't you a think it's in play he plays this style because he's never had 
an all-star next to him. But the longer you Forget play, but here's player. the thing. If you play this style for so many That's years, right. you can get locked in. LeBron got locked into playing that way in Cleveland, and when he first went to Miami, I, they actually adjusted to that style, and LeBron's p- played that way throughout his prime. Yep. He wasn't really like that as a high school player. So that's the, the challenge. Now, look, maybe the three-point – I'm putting this out there. Maybe the three-point line changes that. Maybe in today's NBA with the three-point line being so prominent, maybe – I don't believe it, but maybe a one-man show can do it if you just got a ton of a great A ton of shooters. Around. And maybe. I'll say one other thing about Luka, because KD is considered one of the three best and by some the best scoring forwards of all time. Luka I know isn't really a forward, even though they're, you know he's a big guy. We talked about this off the air. KD doesn't shoot enough threes. Right. It's you know he actually takes kind of be like dumb. His shot selection dumb's the wrong word. An inefficient shot selection that is efficient because of his greatness. Luca ain't got that problem. Luke, you know what I mean? Right. Luca takes advantage of the Eight, math of the game, and it's his numbers are going to be dwarf everybody of this era. His overall numbers. It doesn't mean he's going to be the best player of the era. But the numbers are going to be out of this world. It's an star. Hey, we're talking Odell to Dallas. Next, first things first. I see Jalen Brunson. I was like, I'm going to leave. During the break, Wilds was quietly <laughs> laughing to himself. And I thought it was because someone was talking to him. And it's because he was reading his own script and was just so thrilled with his own work. Well, true story. That's true story. Go. True. Just a dad with a giant TV watching. True what story. What are you doing? Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we heard the first it wasn't quite that funny. Wow, it was okay. DHC, clutch quiet. Oh, I switched it. <laughs> Sorry. Who is it, Wilds? Luca. Luca dropped Ben Simmons. Okay. Clutch client. Okay. Clutch Wilds. Client. Wilds. Take it. Metal's up. Wilds. Take it. Just, just, just take a lap while I get to metal. Speaking of Luca, bronze medal for Luka Doncic. Uh, did Luka score 30 plus? Well, did he play? So, yeah, he did. Luka and Wilt. Neck and neck for the all-time record. Luka now at nine. Wilt, I believe, is 30-something. So, Luka's got a little ways to go. 36-6-6 for Luka. Silver medal, Miles Turner. 37-12-3. Lakers could have had him. They decided instead to trade THT for Patrick Beverly. That was their big offseason move. That's going swimmingly. Now they're talking about trading Anthony Davis. And our pets heads are falling off. Gold medal. Thanks, Dusty. Dusty liked the Dumb and Dumber reference. (laughs) Steph Curry, 47-8-8. Here's the thing, a little sweet and sour for the Warriors. Steph is unbelievable and is having one of the best starts to a season he's ever had. Mm -hmm. Here's the sour. They needed every last one of these points and assists to squeak out a win against the Kings as the Warriors are now 4-7 and on the year. There's your medal stand from last night in the NBA. They're fine. They're fine. They're not fine. They're not Mike fine. Brown's got the Kings playing hard. Oh, They're stop fine. it. They're fine. Stop uh, They're not fine. Drawing a blank time, here's Jerry Jones on Odell Beckham. Take a listen. Odell is someone that uh, uh, we have all the appreciation in the world for what he is as a competitor. And uh, know that the Cowboy star on that uh, helmet, when he puts it on, uh, uh, could look pretty good. Yeah, Odell joining the Cowboys would be blank. Uh, to me, it'd be a bit of deja vu. A bit of deja vu. I think that there are a lot of similarities between this year's Cowboys and last year's Rams. 
a dominant defenses with an all-time front seven player, Aaron Donald already all-time, Michael Parsons turning into it, a great shutdown corner, Jalen Ramsey, I think, is a Hall of Famer, and obviously Diggs is not that yet, but he's right. an all-pro level player, a quarterback who has good numbers but hasn't proven anything, and a coach that some of us have question marks about, all of those things, and Odell comes and joins them. So I think it would, it would remind me a lot of what he did with the Rams last year. Okay, that being the case, do they become the NFC favorite if they get Odell? I, I wouldn't go that far just no. because he, you know, let we, we got to see him. How about, right, let me Let's say this. If, if they got Odell and he was the version of the player that we saw him be last year, then yes. I think there's a chance okay. that Odell with another knee injury is just that we've talked about Odell so a much this summer. Right. And, that, well, it's a chance that he's, he's done. I think it's possible he's done. Like, that he's going to get out there and we'll be like, oh. You know, a lot of injuries. But if he's the player he was last year, then, yeah, I think that would make them the NFC. I love it. It's a win-win. I think it's a a great situation for Odell, assuming he's still a high-level player. And Dallas needs it. They need it more than any other top-tier contender. Outside of maybe Baltimore, if you want to consider them now. Okay. I like it. My answer is Deion-esque. I like it. Star, and then you get to another star. I just like it.